and then we're just going to cut in on this one. <laughs> Great, that's <laughs> to say a lot of things that you uh, don't yeah, want on record. Thanks, bud. Yeah, yeah. Did you, that's did you funny. Bring the, oh, bring me the book. I see you got yourself a soda there. Yes, you can. Yeah, I don't know how many times I'm going to get talking before I realize that you've. <laughs> I'm like a. Hey, can you shut the door, bud? I'm like a uh, like a ninja with the record button there. You even put the mic in my face. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I I didn't even think about what's going on. I know that people normally drink coffee out of a conspiracy dad mug, but so since it's seven o'clock at night, yeah. I don't want to be up all night. I'm gonna <laughs> use a nice little soda water in my conspiracy. You know, you don't have to drink uh, coffee in a coffee no, mug. No, these, these conspiracy could, dad mugs. Soda water. Very versatile. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's a hot or a cold product. <laughs> it actually keeps it either way. The thermal dynamics you know, of it works the same. Uh, yeah, it, it'll get lukewarm a, a, eventually. A thermos yeah. does the same thing. You can put cold in a thermos. It keeps it cold, hot in a thermos. The law of entropy. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, this mug does not work like a thermos. There's a guy that I listened to. You can you can probably look him up. Uh, when I was researching, we won't get into this because it's another conspiracy, but he's a flat earther and he's like the flat earth engineer. So he's like an engineer, like actually has a degree in engineering mm -hmm. and he's a flat earther, which is an odd, yeah, right. odd match. But he went on a rant about like thermal dynamics and why that makes sense, like for a flat earth model. Oh. And I can't remember because it, it was years ago when, when he went through it, but it was interesting to listen to it, but it just, it just blew my mind. Like I know engineers, you know, engineers, I mean, pretty matter of fact kind of people. Yeah. You right. know? Yeah. And somehow he had... He had this idea of like it all made sense, you know what I mean? And then I, th but he was so well arti like articulated, like you couldn't look at him and say he's dumb. Right. He's not dumb. Mm -hmm. He understands a lot of things, but somehow he ended up like way over here. Yeah. <laughs> like the average, like most people ended up over here. Is this outlier? And it had something to do with thermal dynamics. And he was like, the moon emits like cold energy. Okay. The sun emits heat. And he was like, if you take a thermometer, it's like in the sun, it warms up. But if you put it in moonlight, it actually gets colder. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, what I'm picturing is a guy bringing that up unsolicited in a conversation. <laughs> and you just have no rebuttal because not only is he talking about stuff that's way over your head, but you're like, I didn't ask you about any of that. And, yeah, why would I know what a thermometer does when I put it out under the moon? Yeah. I guess I have to take your word for that. Until it, I thought now I got to really hunt down did, a thermometer with actual I, mercury. Actually, in it. now you're making me remember. I I thought about recreating that experience. I was like, I'm gonna take I a mean, thermometer out to the moon. Yeah, I'm gonna have to and find gonna, a thermometer. Gonna, and I've never did it. Maybe we should do it tonight after the podcast. We'll go out <sighs> in the moonlight and we'll hold it up and we'll go. <laughs> oh my gosh, the Earth is flat. <laughs> that is the maybe it's because we've been looking at moon landing stuff, but. It feels like the flat earth has been coming up a lot this week for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Just keeps getting mentioned, people mentioning it. And I'm not one that entertains that theory often, but... The flat earth theory? Today really was the first time I was like, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember I had... Uh, I was just explaining 
where, where these people are coming from yeah, yeah. to a buddy of mine. And I think he was talking about it around his kids uh-huh. at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and, and his wife is a very smart person. Yeah. And so he said, he was like, the other day, he's like, I kind of got in trouble because the other day um, we were looking at the moon and uh, some, my son said something about it. And I said, well, maybe it's not as far away as we think it is or something. <laughs> And he said, his wife looked at him with like this cold stare. He's like, what are you talking about? No, that's like, <laughs> and he was uh, like, I'll shut up now. Never I don't mind. Know. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife and kids were heading off to church. And Jane says, uh, you going to do conspiracy dads? I said, yeah. She goes, what are you talking about today? And the car is pulling off. I go, we didn't land on the moon. <laughs> Have a good time at church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, 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 maybe that's... Um, that's an aspect of this show. Like the conspiracy dad is like, we're helping dads yeah. navigate Just, because some at some point your kids ask you about reality and you're either going to tell them the truth or you're going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> when, the, when the tooth fairy comes, like at some point you do say, son, yeah, you're 13. Exactly. <laughs> the tooth fairy, I'm sorry yeah. to tell you, it's, it's just yeah. me. Um, I, I did tell my kids that. I said it... My my oldest daughter, my oldest son knew, and my oldest daughter, she was smart enough, like she knew, like, wait, she was pretending, but she knew. Yeah. And I said something like, well, the tooth fairy has a beard or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. The other kids just laughed and she's like, I know why, you know. Okay. Like, I get it, dad. My son, the dominoes fell real quick. Like <laughs> he figured out the tooth fairy and then it was just every other one, Santa Claus, Oh God, Easter everything. Bunny. Yeah. He put the pieces together. And, and did he like go all the way to like, and one day we're all going to die? Uh, no, he didn't <laughs> jump into that. But yeah. He, That's a lot to take in. He has had some pretty deep existential comments before where you're like, hey, take it easy. Get back to. Just go play. Yeah. Get back. Yeah. Just be exactly. a kid. Get on Have your fun. Switch again. <laughs> they, they, they play the Switch, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My kids. Oh, yeah. Are we switching here now that I think about it? Daggummit, we're not on Switch. I didn't hit auto. Oh, You said so that. That's so funny. You'd say switch, switch, and then I'd look down and thought, I wonder if the switcher's working. Is the switcher for yeah, the, the switcher's camera not working. working. No? But watch here in about 10 okay. seconds, it's going to switch. So it's just been me. Yeah, there, there, we go. there we go. It's just been footage of me responding to you. That's, yeah, but that's, that's not, not so bad. bad. That's not so bad. It's documented that I was genuinely enjoying this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You keep rolling. I gotta make a tweak on the camera. Oh, flat Earth. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really think the Earth is flat. But today, I did take a moment to consider the fact that I've never driven all the way around it. And what happens if you just keep going west? Well, you run into the ice wall eventually. Is that what it is? That's There's the theory. An ice wall? Is that uh, that's why I think. Okay, we'll do a Flat Earth podcast yeah. one day, but the gist of it is, if you've never looked into Flat Earth, is something along the lines of Antarctica is actually like a, a massive, oh, like a massive the ice wall, wall. Like the ring. Yeah, the, okay. like, and, yeah. and we're all in this big fishbowl. Yeah. And, you know, that's why uh, they, when they discovered Antarctica or whatever, like all of the world governments immediately just got together and got along and said, this is just everyone territory but no oh, one can ever my. go here and you can't <laughs> yeah that's so that is and it's like this perfect argument because it's like yeah but it's so cold if you go there like yeah no one goes there because yeah. it's incredibly cold you don't want to go it's there. as large as like north america i get it it's a huge continent or it's not mm-hmm. as large but it's pretty big but there's like this perfect argument of like 
you know, you could say, yeah, there was an expedition that went there in the 1930s and they discovered an entire other continent that we don't know about. And then, you know, you go, how can you prove that? Yeah. Well, go there. Go there and exactly. go see for yourself. Yeah. You go, yeah. It's freezing. Yeah. I there's don't have polar time bears. For that. There's, yeah. you know, like it's, it's so cold. Actually, there's not polar bears. My son corrected me the other day. They're only at the North Pole. Oh. It's penguins yeah, in Antarctica. Proves the point. But if, but yeah, I mean, I think there have been flat earthers who have like done GoFundMe's to try to raise like money we're to really going take a flight. We should ask Kokomo to do it. We could just yeah, be like, hey, yeah. buddy, can we just like hey, keep buddy. flying <laughs> when it gets really cold and they tell you turn back or you're going to die? Can we just like keep going? See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Roll the dice. Roll the dice. <laughs> that, that is the theory in a, in a nutshell. It's okay. A, now that helps. I was picturing like a waterfall. Have you never seen a flat earth map? Of the of the world, no. I I've always been extremely dismissive of it, and somehow we're we're podcasting about flat Earth now. Yeah, but right. Somehow, like the moon and the sun are supposed to like you got to get out of this whole like orbital sure thinking, yeah. and it's more like it's moving around. But then you just it's it's kind of like the turtles all the way down thing, where you're like, well, what's moving it? Oh, something like you know what I mean? Like there's there has to be some mechanics to this, and I don't understand that. Whoever built the mechanics is likely the same person that hung the moon that's not the right size for our planet that you yeah. were talking about last week. I am the guy that's saying the moon is too big. Yeah. But then also, <laughs> somehow that makes sense to me to just say, well, it's too big. But to make that leap to the earth is flat and there's a giant ice wall keeping us all inside of it. Made that flat earth engineer to come on and tell us. He had it all figured out. I mean, somehow. Somebody like that, I don't think I could come up with questions to keep the conversation going. I, I, I just, bet I could. <laughs> yeah, good, because I I don't have it enough in me to, to figure out how to navigate that conversation. Well, uh, there's a... Oh, God, I can't remember his name. There is a guy. I'll look up, and we'll do a Flat Earth episode. There's a guy that... He's been on a lot of big podcasts, and he's he's like a... I mean, he, he presents a lot of interesting like test this kind of thing. But mm. um, a lot of those tests are like things that I don't have the ability to actually test. You know what I mean? Like going to the center of Antarctica. Right. Yeah. Who's, I wish I could, but I'm just trying to pay, trying right. to pay my taxes and keep right. the mortgage and all of that. <laughs> I don't have the funds to fly yeah. to the center of Antarctica. So yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the stuff that, yeah, I've, I've got regular stuff to do. I have a water pump that you needs to be replaced. You got dad stuff to do. Exactly. Yeah. I can't be... Jet setting all over to Antarctica. Which maybe before we get into this, thank you to all the dads who tune into the Conspiracy Dad yeah. podcast. Um, what do you like? It's a lot of responsibility to be a conspiracy a leader dad. at the forefront of the dad. How, how are you enjoying <laughs> this journey as a conspiracy dad? Well, hopefully, the any dad that's listening is kind of uh, can relate to my oh, adventure, going. where it's one of those like. I wouldn't give the thought that the flat earth is even a thing any time of day. And then it does make your world a little more interesting if you consider for a brief moment that it might be flat. And It's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's entertaining. Um, but what's what can be disconcerting is when you get into something like what we're talking about today with uh, fake moon landing, where, again... That's something that the, the first time the I heard that. The government's involved in it. First time I heard that, I was like, that's ridiculous. That's funny that somebody even thought that once. And now I'm like, I was bothering the dudes in the band I was playing with this weekend. I was like, <laughs> hey, man, 
do you think we landed on the moon? And the guitar player's like, well, yeah, I mean, everybody thinks we landed on the moon. That's what I'm supposed to say, right? And I was like, no, I don't think that we did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, What was his reaction? uh, It was like sometimes when you bring up a conspiracy theory with somebody that didn't bring it up. You're like, have you ever been bringing that conversation to somebody? Oh, I do it all the time. <laughs> and you can see they like, they like you as a person, but they're kind of looking for an exit. I do kind of yeah. judge people I want to hang out with by that, though. Yeah. And I then, think Jack Parsons was right about one thing, and that was like, it is more interesting to yeah. be around people who are not mundane. Right. Yeah. So it might be a thing that like moving forward... I do feel like if you were to ask me, do you want to be friends with mundane people or people right. who are not? Uh-huh. I am in the camp of, I kind of like that my friends are not mundane. Mm-hmm. And some of that, you know, I don't mean like destructive, but there are people that, uh, I don't know, we're different. What I like about it is it puts your ideas through their paces. So this moon landing thing. That's ridiculous. Of course we landed on the moon. And then you introduce the idea of one of the points McGowan makes about, well, what if we were using it as a distraction to where the American public's not thinking about Vietnam? And I'm like, well, that, okay, that might happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. So when, when it's paired alongside like generally widely known history, you go, okay, well, that's got a little bit of merit. And, um, I guess where I'm going with that is, yeah, you. There are some some conspiracy theories that I I go. Well, I don't really see a lot of grounds for that. But then there are other ones where I go, whew, that really rings true for me. You know. Mm-hmm. So, like I said last week, uh, we'll do temperature checks. Right now, I'm feeling pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty convinced. Well, that's a, that and that's a part there. of this episode is the temperature checks uh, that's on the moon. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, there's, there's, there's lots of little things that you, you just never consider when you're a a red-blooded American just going to school and they just tell you this thing happened and you never go like, what, what is the temperature of the moon? If you thought that the temp or the climate in Tulsa, Oklahoma (laughs) varied a lot, (laughs) try going to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. And, And then you, and then you consider like the hottest of the hottest summer you've ever been in and you go... It was quite a bit hotter than that. Yeah. And then walk under the shade. And then you're like the coldest, coldest you've ever felt. And you go, it's quite a, a bit colder, colder than, than that. that. Yeah. And uh, and then you go like, but they had air conditioning, right? Well, there was no air, there was no air. to speak of. Hmm. Must be some secret technology for air conditioning that we don't know about. Wouldn't that be nice to get your hands on that <laughs> air conditioning? Yeah. But I don't want to, I, I, I gave away part of the episode now, but let's, 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 right. let's yeah. just, I think we recapped you know, we're going through David McGowan's uh, wagging the moon doggy. Right. And we left off at the beginning of chapter two. Right. Uh, we uh-huh. touched on that the the moon rocks are suspicious, dubious might be yeah, the right, right way to say it. There's there's a lot of missing moon rocks and NASA has given out some, uh, seems to be bogus moon rocks. I don't know yeah. why they would do yeah. that, but... Um, yeah, the weird thing about that is... They gave away petrified wood that they said was a moon rock, but then we actually do have moon rocks here that they could have given away. That's what I thought is like, well, you'd have to go out and get that petrified wood. Like, did they just walk out the back of NASA and pick up something off like the 
You know, and like, oh, well, this well, looks, looks kind of like the moon rocks. Yeah, give the use, Dutch that. <laughs> you ever use those coin star machines where you dump all your change oh, into yeah, the yeah. thing? Yeah, and, yeah. and inevitably, there's always like a Canadian nickel or a peso or something. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, and you just snuck in with all your other change. I wonder if that's like what was in their tub of moon rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody bumped the countertop and a piece of petrified Maybe. wood fell in there. Um, so and the Dutch just happened to be the ones that received it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, God, you just would think that's a job that somebody has when you go like, well, hey, we need to, we need to, like, there's a job and you're the moon rock guy. NASA has X amount of moon rocks. They're cataloged. They're in a thing. And every now and then we ha have to give one to some dignitary yeah. and they call you up and they go, well, we need a moon rock. And you go, all right, here's one that you can have. You're not going to. You're not going to mix in other rocks. No. Like, you had one, one job, man. That's exactly why I was so astounded at the end of the last episode when we got into that they lost all of the files. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy whose job it would be just to keep some of the files. If they said we lost, like, a handful of the files, you might, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and oh, then they like this say, one here or that yeah. one there. But to say, like, everything's gone? Yeah. I mean... This is the government we're talking about. And they didn't even pair it with like there was a fire. Right. You know, some kind of story yeah. to like explain why everything's gone. It's mm -hmm. just we can't find it. No, we don't know. And and it's not even yet yeah, there was a fire or we had a guy that was keeping all of the schematics. He lost them. We fired him. Like there's not any kind of story like that. It's just kind of like, hey, NASA, where are the documents? And they just give you this like, hmm. They're gone. No, Let me see. Yeah. yeah. I found an article today. Of uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, the headline was that they had some original video footage of the moon landing. And I was like, oh, it's like a new development. And then I read further in the article, it's just the same. It's just rebroadcast. another rebroadcast yeah. piece of footage. So, yeah, it's just nobody really wants to get into what happened to all of that. Oh, one thing they said in the article was, um, well, we think that NASA just taped over that. Like taping some other, you taped over the moon landing. There is something to like, um, like when you witness a historical event, usually if you witness it like, uh, by accident. So like we grew up, we were just talking a minute ago about the Oklahoma city bombing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not laughing about that. No. I'm laughing about a different thing that I, <laughs> I'd videoed the wrongs. Like I thought I was recording and all I got was footage of me figuring out that I didn't record the thing. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, no, I was just bombing. saying, like, uh, I had that thought with I was a child when the Oklahoma City bombing happened. And you kind of normalize it. Like, you don't realize in the midst of history that history is happening. Totally. It's yeah. like you, it's not until you finish the yeah. book uh -huh. that you go like, oh, God, that was a really important chapter yeah. in the yeah. in the book. Uh -huh. And so I had that experience as an adult. I didn't, like, until my probably early 20s even start to go like, that was pretty strange that I was a kid and they blew up the building and mm -hmm. killed a bunch of children mm -hmm. and just understood that. And so the same, you could kind of say that if it's like, yeah, some people, maybe they didn't think going to the moon was that big of a deal. We'll be back again soon. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, this is just the first trip. What's Why keep all this? We'll why it does it really time. matter? Yeah. I find that hard to believe though. Cause that, 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 Feeling usually happens when it's unexpected. It was like we were very deliberate about what we were doing. Sure. We were going to yeah. go where no man has gone. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. was 
yeah. lot of money, a, a lot of people, yeah. the idea that you wouldn't understand the significance of it and you would just delete a bunch of information right. from that. I yeah. don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. To your point, you know, it's like that first child that's born, you get their first steps on video, you get their first words, you get pictures of their first that, this, that, that, and everything. Poor fifth, fourth, fifth but child. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> as the kids keep getting born, less and less stuff gets documented. But the kids' first moon landing, you're going to capture that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything. Right. Well, so we did the moon rocks. Um, I know you have some notes, but yeah. what was the next point in that the second article? Article two, what I thought was another point of note uh, was he makes a case that there was no equipment failure for like, I mean, six or seven missions. We had no problems. And it was after we had had a lot of trouble here. Just getting into low, yeah. low earth orbit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that is pretty unlikely or unusual for any kind of technological now, advancement. You, I did. I did think, well, you could say, you know, it was before it was a priority you know, funding might have been a difference. And you go like, well, yeah, first, at first we were like shoestring budget mm -hmm. trying to do everything. And then overnight, you know, JFK gives the, the hey, thumbs up and all of a sudden the the we 60s, have yeah. billions of dollars to work with. Yeah. And there's a big difference between having a hundred thousand okay. yeah. and a billion. And all of a sudden yeah, when the boss says this is priority all of a sudden, one, yeah. yeah, we can buy the nice equipment. You know what I mean? So maybe yeah, that's getting them craftsman tools, guys. Nice. <laughs> no cobalt. No, no exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's funny. I was at Lowe's today and I was buying screwdrivers. Oh, I needed a specific, and I'm sure. sitting there looking at like the cobalt. It's like seventeen dollars, yeah. and the craftsman was like twenty five. Yeah. And, but in my head, I'm going like, I know that that's better metal yeah. than the craftsman, uh -huh. and like if I buy that. It's not going to last. Like, I'll be an old man, but one day it's going to break. Yes. And I want to think, I wish I'd gotten that craftsman. I, I had the $8 at the time. Yes, why didn't why? I? I bought the cobalt earlier this week deliberately because I thought I'm probably going to break this tool. So I want it to be the less expensive one. I ended up buying cobalt. Sorry, cobalt. I didn't mean to Dis take a dig disparage your Chinese metal. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but craftsman, hey. If you're catching the Conspiracy Dad podcasts, we're pro craftsmen. Um, so, shoot, where were you left? Uh, just that there was no that? equipment failure. I don't yeah, know if, yeah. you want, uh, a, if you want to get into much more of that, except for just that, yeah, like we had some failed tests here. We had a lot of issues, and uh, Russia was just crushing us in the race to space. And then <laughs> out of nowhere, at the last second, we just start landing on the moon. We have all these space missions that one, one of the little fact tidbits that's in this series of articles says, depending on where you read, there are either like 9 million or 6 million or 16 million components on the Golly. spacecraft. Um, all of it was different numbers of million, but um, for all of those millions of parts, that seems hard to believe. To not is there malfunction. is there that many parts in like a a Toyota? I don't I don't know. I'd have to see the bill of materials. Like how many? Nuts. Because you just look yeah. at the at the the lunar module and it's like it does look like a lot of stuff, but it doesn't right. look like millions of right. stuff. Well, I think that must be counting like I guess to get to millions of pieces. Are you counting the framing the around the rocket before it takes off? 
Because or is that, that would almost have to many? be counting everything on on Earth too, like oh. the, the entire platform okay. connected. Well, because if you're telling me that little shuttle, right? No, like I that's, agree. That seems like, like millions of parts. It's that, like well, that seems like bad design to have. That yeah, <laughs> I guess if you're if you're breaking down <laughs> yeah. to the molecular, you know, yeah. like okay, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's. Uh, like it must be everything in the system yeah. that it takes to yeah. like you know on the ground in the air, everything functioning together, and that might account for the disparity parts. in the count on the parts too. Because when I heard that, I thought nine or sixteen million. Geez, that's like half or double <laughs> yeah, the amount. That's, that's uh, there's a lot of variation there. Yeah. Either way, lots of parts. I think we could all agree that there are a lot of pieces on a space there's shuttle. Nine or sixteen million. Yeah. Or six. <laughs> or six. <laughs> Duct tape and tin foil. Regardless, none of the parts malfunctioned yeah. on multiple yeah. missions in outer space. And uh, most importantly, the first one. Yeah, the first one. We nailed it. Yeah. Um, I can tell you most things that I try the first time, not successful. I've got to fail at it. A handful of times. I did that the other day with a with a song. Um, There's a girl that was singing with me, and it was a new song we had never done, and we didn't have a lot of time to practice it. But I knew this because I've played music long enough. I knew we were going to mess it up. Like I just I learned that a while back that yeah. like mm-hmm. when I'm doing a song in front of an audience for a fir- for the first time. Yeah. I am in my head. I just know now you're going to mess it up the first time and then you'll have it down after that. And, um, so we messed it up. She messed it. I, we both messed it up. But then afterwards I was like, ah, it was pretty good. You know, but I was explaining that to her that like, Hey, don't feel bad. Like I know from experience, like you, you got to get out of the way. You're going to mess up the first time. You just have to get out of, you know, get that out of your head and just keep moving forward. And, um, I think that's probably true with most sure. complicated things. Like you you swing and you hit a home run the first time. It's just mm. rare. No, it, to your point, and sticking with that analogy with music, yeah, like you can practice a song in your bedroom infinite amount of times. And you can get to that's where you— That's a good you, point. Yeah, you, you've got the lyrics down. You they know were the on stage. <laughs> yes. You don't have the song down until you've got it a few times on a stage. And then you go, yeah, now we got it. You know, and and yeah, and, and that's what I mean. Like those astronauts, and you're they, right. were, they were on you stage. You were on stage. Yeah. Everyone's watching. Uh, maybe you just nailed it, but uh, performers would probably tell you. I mean, that's why comedians, yeah, before they right. before they do their specials, they'll specifically go on the road and play small clubs, and they they're testing out, and they don't film that. Obviously, they they go into you know clubs all over, and they test out the material that works, right. that lands, and it doesn't land, and then they'll cut out the things that don't land. And over a course of you know a few months, eventually they get to a point where they do their special, and everything that they say, they know this is going to land, and it's going to be awesome. And it's almost like a magician because you you're sitting there thinking, oh my god, they're just so funny. Right. Well, it's not. It's not rocket no, science. They, they've tested all yeah, of this. Battle tested. Yeah, yeah, they've tested it, and they know exactly what's going to work and what's not going to work, um, usually. But <laughs> usually, so so then they go from there into. Doesn't he get into the sh- like the, the lunar module itself? And like uh, he's talking about like the uh, just the unlikelihood that you could travel through space with something like that. 
land on the moon and then take back off and make it back to Earth? Oh, the thing is that back in the frontier days, we didn't need all that fancy technology and book learning to send Buzz and the boys to the moon and back. Back then, we had American can-do spirit, and we just cowboyed up and MacGyvered those spaceships to the moon. (laughs) Yeah, he said, all we needed was an old Volkswagen engine, some duct tape, and a roll of bailing wire. Throw a roll of butt wipe and a little tang on board and you are good to go. <laughs> yeah, he's just making the point that like, uh, you know. Because he starts talking about the the, uh, the list of things that they took, like the oh, space. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And like how much stuff yeah. you'd have to fit into a six by six. Yeah. Like a very small Space. Yeah, I didn't realize that those space shuttles were as small as they were, like uncomfortable for two guys to ride alongside each other. It's sort of like when you're in the back of an extended cab truck. Like, <laughs> yeah, there are seats back there, but it's not roomy. It's like, doesn't he make the point, too, that like at the uh, museum, the module they have there, they even say something oh, yeah, like yeah. the 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 uh, mannequins in here are smaller than scale uh-huh. because they're almost like miniature humans. And then you think like, well, okay, if you had real-sized humans in there, that's not a lot of space. It's, it's very I can't tight. I remember if that's in this second article or not. I'm looking to Might see have been. that. I think but it was the second. I do remember that, yeah, there there is an article with a picture up. Yeah, there it is. Let's see. NASA has done something very odd, by the way, with the lunar module that it has on display for museum visitors to marvel at. It has staffed it with miniature astronauts wearing miniature spacesuits. The module may also be scaled slightly larger than the real modules that allegedly landed on the moon. I wonder why they would do that. I'm pretty sure that Buzz and Neil were of normal stature, so the only reason I can think of is that they would use miniature astronauts would be to portray the modules as larger than they actually were. And in better condition, excuse me, and in better condition too. Did they pick up the ones that they sent to the moon at a used car lot? Well, I I could see something like, well, we want people to see more of what's in here. So, like, have the module be the focus. So, the astronaut, yeah, or just if you're making a display, like doing it in a way where, okay, yes, it was more cramped in here than this was, but we want public to see more. You know what I mean? Like, there's a a presentation factor where it's just maybe you're just trying to show it in a way where people see it better. Yeah. And, but no doubt. In the actual module, it was cramped. Like you did not have yeah. much space at all. Um, this room in here is uh, twelve by twelve, so it's half the size of this. Okay, and right? Like you said, yeah. I haven't gotten to the gear, I, but I do like the uh, caption under the photo that he provides. Before moving on, I need to emphasize here just how sophisticated the lunar modules actually were. These remarkable spacecraft, and I understandably get a little choked up here talking about this, because I'm just so damn proud of our team of Nazi scientists. They managed to make six perfect takeoffs from the surface of the moon. And understand here, people, that they did that amazingly enough with completely untested technology. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to jump off your subject of the equipment that they brought. But that makes the point better than I was making it earlier as far as just here we go with just untested equipment. We're going to cross our fingers and hope for the best. One time you could, but his point about like six times. Six times in a row. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. But I do think, too, the space, like thinking of how much stuff you could fit in a six by six. Isn't it right? It was six by six. It was like 12. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong about that. 
It couldn't have been bigger than this room. Okay, yeah. You're right. He lists, yeah. Let's see. And they, and they took machetes. Yeah. Why would, you, why would you take a machete he, yeah, to in space? This, yeah, in his writing, he lists off like a bunch of things that make sense. You know, navigation equipment, batteries, uh, mylar wrap, air tubing, whatever. And then he's like, and for some reason, machetes. And I'm like, well, that's what dudes would do. You don't know what you're going to run into up yeah, there. They could have been like, they didn't know. Maybe they were going to be like, uh, you know, space aliens they need to fight. You know, yeah, well, that's that's what I'm thinking. A machete is a pretty versatile tool. It's could, an axe. But they knew there wasn't so. any like uh, plants to chop down. But <laughs> what else do you need a machete for? Like you said, if you run into aliens, <laughs> you're gonna Will to... Will Smith he would have he would have wanted a machete. You know, when he opened that God, the men in black on... would look so hardcore if they just. I was thinking Independence machetes. Day oh. when he like opened the the thing and the oh, alien comes out yeah. and he punches him. If he had a machete, he could just chop him. Whack. Yeah, I like that idea too. Yeah. Either Tentacles. way, Will Smith, he's got a he needs to carry a machete as a prop. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Um, let's see. This is a power supplier, multiple sorry. I'm not finding where they list. It may not be in this one, but the there, is a, there is a piece in here somewhere where it lists everything that they had to pack. And like you said, in addition it's to a lot. It barely being big enough for two people to ride for very long. And everything in it needing batteries. Yeah. Awesome batteries that yeah. can survive extreme heat, yeah. extreme cold, uh-huh. and um, can power the whole system to come back here. Yeah, you think about... Talk about extreme cold and batteries. Um, you know, in the north, like uh, like our buddies from that New England Legends podcast. Yeah, yeah. They probably plug their batteries in at night in the wintertime, yeah. right? To keep them warm so that the car will start. But well, the temperature is actually, what is it, 260 Fahrenheit to 230? Let's see. Negative 230 Fahrenheit? I think uh, it might be one, I mean, before I get into I mean, it. It's it's in. I didn't know that before I read this guy's article. But when I thought about it, I was like, "Oh my god, that's that's insane. That's that's an insane and and because there's no atmosphere, anytime you're in the sun, you're instantly cooking, and then when you're in the shade, you're instantly freezing. Yeah, there's no like in between. It's like, I mean, that seems a little. If you think about the hottest summer you've ever been in, when it's like, what, 50, 60 yeah, degrees hotter right. than that? I think, if I recall, I'm not finding it just yet, but off the top of my head, it was something like 240 degrees in the heat, and it was something like negative 160 degrees in the shadows. I mean, it's my God. a giant, giant temperature yeah. swing. How do you survive 240 degrees in the heat? And it could be entirely possible that we're so stupid... We are so stupid that an, an engineer from NASA is listening to this going like, yes, of course, we have suits that can do that. I, yeah, I guess. But um, but they didn't wear the suits. Well, see, but the thing is, here's a quote from, we'll get into this later. It looks like this is episode, or I mean, this is article 12. But, you know, and if NASA returns to the moon in 2020 as planned, this article was written before 2020. This was something like 2015, I think. Which we didn't return to the moon in right. 2020, did we? If NASA were to return to the moon, 
uh, they'd stand out in a brand new spacesuit. Uh, goes on to say it's uh, has a hard upper torso layer of material to protect astronauts from the micro the micrometeoroids <laughs> and radiation, and then a temperature regulation system and its own life support and communication system. The EMU weighs over three hundred pounds. Now, the point I'm getting to here is just that this very advanced spacesuit that we were looking at having in 2020 um, was making accommodations for temperature regulation. And that's just, I mean, because like we were saying, it gets unearthly hot is the yes. adjective that he uses in here um, and cold. I mean, it's like, yeah, like you kind of, you said, I, I wasn't aware that the temperature was so extreme there. You really weren't I mean, before reading. I've never been yeah. to the moon, so how, how would I know? <laughs> they don't talk about that in school. No, and yeah, that's another thing. Why didn't the astronauts go? Geez, you guys wouldn't believe the weather at yeah. on the moon. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that I thought was pretty wild. Um, man, we didn't even get to Article Three yet. We're still talking Article Two. Well. well did we miss something in Article 2? Is that pretty much all they covered? That's a, the, all the notes I had was, you know, first he's talking uh, talking moon rocks. Then he talks uh, about equipment failure or the lack of equipment failure, untested equipment. He does get into that lunar module on display with the little micro uh, folks, <laughs> models. <laughs> it's like we had little people <laughs> for astronauts. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, no equipment failure. So, hmm. do you want to touch on Article Three at all? Or yeah, sure. You um, said that was your favorite. It was. Why my was favorite. it? Why is it your favorite? Probably because it's, don't they explain the concept of wagging the dog and like what that yeah, how that relates? The reason it was my favorite was uh, probably because I just finished this really long book on Vietnam, so my head was already deep into like all through the '60s and. Um, both the Johnson and the Nixon administration. Um, of course, Kennedy's the one that announces we're going to make it to the moon by the end of the decade. Um, so by the time we get to the end of the decade, Nixon's just made it into office. Um, we are, we're quite a few years into Vietnam. And by this point, the general population is like, you know, even more of the conservative side of the population is starting to go, we got to get out of here. This is, this yeah. does not seem like a productive use of our resources. So um, I'm going to find, I want to find the way McGowan reads it because his explanation is better than mine. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to that idea he had about this whole thing, in his opinion, this whole thing was a distraction. Uh, for military purposes, yeah, both in space and what was happening around here. It's like anytime we didn't want people to talk about, you know, certain things happening. Well, look, there's a guy on the moon, you know. Yeah, and, that's exactly right. So the excerpt here is uh, starts with uh, returning then to the question of why such a ruse would be perpetrated. We must transport ourselves back to the year 1969. Richard Nixon has just been inaugurated as our brand new president, and his ascension to the throne is in part due to his promises to the American people that we will disengage from the increasingly unpopular war in Vietnam. But Tricky Dick has a bit of a problem on his hands. He has absolutely no intention of ending the war. Uh, goes on. Let's see. Uh, he needs to set up a diversion. 
some means of stoking the patriotic fervor of the American people so that they will blindly rally behind him. In short, he needs to wag the dog. This, of course, has traditionally been done by embarking on some sort of short-term, low-risk military endeavor. The problem for Big Dick, however, is that military mission is that a military mission is exactly what he's trying to divert attention away from. What, then, is a beleaguered president to do? Why send Neil and Buzz to the moon, of course. Instead of wagging the dog, it's time to try something new. Wagging the moon doggy. Um, so the namesake of this whole series that we're covering. Uh, I won't go point for point, but I do think it's worth reading that Article 3 to catch. You mentioned early on when we started talking about this, the brilliant nature of McGowan as he ties points together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a really great excerpt about two paragraphs below that, where he just goes like timeline of events in the Vietnam war, you know, like he lines things like uh, operation Phoenix coming into the public knowledge with a moon landing. Uh, and then yeah, every know, time there was some beginning of Paris need peace talks for a distraction. Or, yeah, oh, pause on the Paris peace talks. Yeah. Oh, here's that. Um, and then it's pretty interesting the way he frames it. Uh, I forget which one of the Apollo missions it is. I believe it's 13, uh, where by this time, the way that McGowan talks about it, he says, the American public was kind of getting bored with all these successful moon landings. <laughs> We'd done like four or five of them, yawn. Got to um, take a car up there, got to go play some golf. Yeah, you gotta do, yeah do different stunts. So finally we decide, I say we, finally the big they decide, well, we got to change the narrative up a bit. Let's have some kind of a, a problem up there. And so... Was that the like Apollo the 13? Apollo 13 yeah. mission where they get stuck out there in space and it's kind of like we don't know if they're going to make it back. That, as far as McGowan is concerned, is All just theater. something to keep yeah. us interested in this space race and keep our eyes off of what's happening in Vietnam. Hmm. Um, yeah, and he's got some good uh, good good writing on like, oh, Tom Hanks and his buddies <laughs> go up to space and we, <laughs> we just can't stop watching it. <laughs> yeah. The, and reminds me, I saw um, yesterday, uh, there was an article that came out about, um, there's a Japanese space program. It's a private company. God, I can't remember the name of it. You could look it up. But they they sent a uh, uh, lunar probe mm -hmm. up to the moon. I came across an article about this. And yeah. they, they lost contact with it. I, I haven't checked in to see what the status is, but pretty much they couldn't land. They're like, I mean, everybody's gathered around. They're so excited it's going to land, and then it just loses contact. Yeah. And it's just, God, it just made me think, like, with all the technology we have now, like, really, if yeah. you're going to compare the 1960s to what we have now, mm -hmm. and even now, there's this, you know, probably billion-dollar startup trying to send just a probe to the moon. Right, yeah. And they can't do it. This is the first private company that Japan has used. Yeah. To get yeah to get to. The I think moon. they used SpaceX to get something up there, and then they. But it does make you wonder, like, well, if it was like, why can't you send people? Right. Like, why are you sending people? I mean, like, if well, reading about how intemperate and all the radiation, I get why you can't send people. But, <laughs> <laughs> but right, like, but it makes how, you wonder. Like, how if, could we have it, sent people it, fifty years ago, and now we can't send people? Yeah, like all of a sudden you can't. Well, and, they were America's greatest generation, and I yeah. don't say that lightly. That's the truth. But boomers. I mean, <laughs> but uh, 
They weren't superhuman, surely, right? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting reading that and thinking like, my God, they can't even land a probe. Like you just think that, and, you know, in one of the articles um, that uh, McGowan's talking about the LRO and like these other low, low orbiting uh, satellites that have taken pictures of the Apollo landing sites. Yeah. Allegedly, yeah, right. And I actually went and looked one of them up because because you look at some articles. I, I asked Chat GPT. I said something like, uh, "Has anyone taken like credible photos of the Apollo mm. landing sites?" And it gave me a list of all these. Like, oh, and one of them was the LRO in 2011 had taken uh, crystal clear images of the lunar landing okay. sites, and it gave me a link too. And I'm like, all right, I'll go check that out. And he's right in his article that those are not, when we say crystal clear, I would not consider that crystal clear. Like they're little white specks at a distance on the lunar. Like I don't crystal yeah. clear see anything. I see a white speck and they say you can even see the the footprints of the astronauts. Well, I see a couple of little lines, but I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't see, they, they just write it like, oh, like you see a footprint. No, I see like a a line on a very far yeah. away image of the of the moon. I'm just saying, I, it's not you're pulling it up. It looks like, if you told me that this was a picture of like a chemistry experiment, <laughs> we're just looking at um, we're just looking Adams at some and, uh, yeah. like more like biology experiment. You know when they put something in a petri dish, oh, okay, yeah. and like little bacteria is climbing around each other, and they're in a little dish. That's about what it looks like. That's what this looks like. So, yeah. can you look at that? Do you see a license plate number? Do you see no, something that's like nothing? Yeah, I see USA right there on the side. No, you're at you're like I don't know two miles away <laughs> in orbit on uh, above. Uh, you know. Really, the text on this is small enough that I'm hard making it. It's well, hard for me to make out the notation. And on supposedly, what the, point the, the the Chinese uh, they also had similar images, but I, I tried to look them up. I didn't find them. I don't see anything that's like I've never. I, I've not seen a crystal clear image of a landing site. This is crazy. Where it's like yeah. you know, like I said, USA on the bumper, and you go, okay, well that's there we are. There we were. Yeah. You see okay. it? Yeah, I did a little bit of searching for photos of it, and. Like McGowan said, there is talk of photos exist, but then when you go hunting for them, I didn't have much success finding anything. Yeah. Um, and this. But then you would think that would be like something that if yeah. you had it, it'd be front page of National Geographic. The uh, I tried to spend some time looking at debunking sites. Uh, granted, I did not spend as much time. It's so boring, but. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you are. It is, it is a little vanilla. You're right. It's just. But I thought I had, I've spent so much time like digesting. Yeah, you this. should. You I should thought, definitely okay, to be mentally should, sound. Should balance this out because uh, there was a point. Of, I think it was yesterday, like in the middle of the day, I had gotten myself whipped up into such a fervor <laughs> that I felt like physically kind of ill. <laughs> and it was in the middle of this article, thinking about Nixon and you know yeah. the, the government coming up with this false narrative to keep us distracted and all the lies. And I just started getting all worked up, and I like really did not feel good all of a sudden. <laughs> so I thought, okay, let's take a break. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I started uh, looking into some debunking stuff and. A lot of the comments on more than one debunking articles and videos that I watched were, well, science has agreed that we did, we did it. We landed on the moon. But there's no point for point sight on it, right? Like, uh, And then like here, 
we're hearing, well, there are photos of the landing. And I'm like, that great. I'd love to see those. Yeah. Well, we have them. Great. And then the only thing okay. I show you is something. Is I see a white speck. I don't know yeah. what I'm looking at. Uh-huh. You know. I mean, I understand this is kind of the broad general argument against conspiracy theories, that it's easier to kind of like poke holes in a narrative mm-hmm. than it is to hard evidence prove something that happened. It's really hard to go to Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, I couldn't exactly. help myself. But. Uh, but man, this seems like it should be pretty easy to prove, and it's a big deal. Yeah, and it, and, and it's not like the Antarctica thing. In the like, you would think that if you had those things, that would be the first thing you see on your website. Totally. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if yeah. if you like, I'm just saying, NASA. If you want any hints on how to like dispel all of these rumors of of a hoax. Yeah. All you have to do is put that stuff on your website so everybody can see it. Mm-hmm. Page one would be nice, you know? Like, um, Do you want to talk radiation or when you talk where, about... Let's see where we are on time. Oh, we're about to lose our, about to lose our iPad. Plug it in. I thought I plugged it in. Maybe not. Let's save it for next time because okay. I think yeah. old... Uh, Old iPad's about to give out on okay. us. Okay, so, um, well, I guess what I'd say is uh, Article 4, he gets into photography. So as you're talking about, gosh, NASA, just put a couple pictures on the front page of your website, and yeah, that'll be that. just fly over and um, show us, like, right here. Sounds like next time we'll get into the issues with the photography, and I just would make the point of uh, that's a real common conspiracy theory bullet point oh the pictures oh yeah we can um, say that real quick like i because I, I sent you the picture of uh buzz tweeted out a picture of supposedly what he took of of uh earth from the moon like last week i think I remember and i was that, like yeah. hey what's missing from this picture oh yeah and, yeah. Was, and you're like the stars i was yeah. like yeah but that was a point that we made that, that he talks about that's really interesting is well i guess that's the next article when he talks about doing the experiment yeah there's a lot of talk about Photography, what I like about McGowan's writing is he doesn't hit on the same kind of talking points that Keep a lot of other conspiracy theories talk about. Let's see if we can talk longer if I have um, battery. A lot of the other conspiracy theories, the general consensus is, or it's not just the general consensus, but kind of the like when debunkers dismiss conspiracy theorists, they usually go, well, yeah, yeah, we know there are no stars in the picture. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of the cliche. Um, which is true, by the way. <laughs> no stars. And I sent you pictures of like just my own experiment. Okay, pictures of the space station. What does and you're like, well, I see stars. Yeah. I can um, see stars in the pictures from the space station. Why do I not see stars in any I I get it. There's like they say it's because the exposure settings had to be at a certain right. place because it's so bright, yada, yada, yada. But then McGowan makes the point, like, did nobody think to like point the camera exactly, up at the stars yeah. and take a picture of the amazing stars with no atmosphere? Yeah. And nobody did. I love this piece here. He says, uh Collectively, the Dirty Dozen took thousands of photos throughout their alleged journeys. And yet, amazingly enough, not one of them thought it might be a good idea to snap even a single photograph of such a wondrous sight. 
Of course, endless photos of lunar modules and the monotonous lunar surface are exciting too, but just one or two photos of that dazzling lunar sky might have been nice as well. It's as if someone went to Niagara Falls and the only photos they brought back were of the car they drove sitting in a nondescript parking lot. And that, to me, is like, yeah, I understand that the photo settings that they had didn't capture the stars in some of the shots that we're used to seeing. Having said that, you're on the moon and some of the descriptions given, I understand, are like, boy, the stars sure are bright up there. And yeah, like when you're in a lowly populated area, the stars are very bright here with an atmosphere. You guys didn't get one picture of any stars. While you're maybe, out there? maybe we'll leave it at this. Like, if you want like something to watch between now and the next episode, if you go and look up the press conference with these three astronauts right after they got back from the moon, mm-hmm. and try to find a full version of it, might have to go on Rumble. But if you find it, it's a bizarre press conference because these guys look like they're either drugged. But they they are so uninterested in what they're talking about. It, it's just mind boggling. And at one point, one of them says something like, because somebody asked, what do the stars look like? And he says, I don't remember yeah, seeing any stars. I heard that excerpt. And you just think, you were in space and you didn't see any <laughs> stars? Like, Isn't that the thing you'd look at? Yeah. And I don't know how to rationalize that, except it's just weird to watch that press conference and you just think... There's maybe their brains were just zapped from being in space. Sure. Or maybe MK Ultra had just gotten them dosed up on some nice LSD. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, but Jolly West. Jolly West had visited them right before they go out. I don't out, but. remember any stars. Which just now as you're talking about it, I thought if I were the one being asked that question and somebody said, What do the stars look like? I'd go rather than like, oh, I don't remember any stars. Incredible. Which, well, something I'd either say incredible or I'd say, huh, you know what? Weird thing. I didn't even think to look at the stars. I was so focused on the moon. Like, they don't even seem like it's strange that they didn't know. Yeah, the no, stars. he says it like it's no big deal. And I think, yeah, weird. I don't yeah. know. Watch the pe- press conference. Um, and the next one, we'll try to pack more in because if we don't. If we don't hurry this it's along, a it's a 14-part, <laughs> uh, you know, series yeah. on the moon, lunar landing. I don't know if people want to listen to us talk about the moon landing for 14, 14 different episodes. Good news is we didn't stay on subject real well this time. So. Yeah, so we will not talk about Flat Earth, <laughs> and we will focus on getting at least two or three more yeah. parts of this episode in. So thank you for listening uh, to the Conspiracy Dad podcast. Uh if you guys uh, like the show, please like, follow, subscribe, give us a rating on iTunes. And uh, if you want to leave a comment on YouTube or on the uh, on iTunes for your favorite conspiracies, if you guys want to talk about something, uh, if you just want to you just want to talk, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> just, we're nice guys. We'll yeah. we'll talk. Uh, leave us there. a comment. You yeah. know, we're we're happy to. Uh, bring up anything and everything we're not sponsored by better help yet so we can just go ahead and yeah we'll just fill that role for you whatever you want to yeah. do so anyway thank you for listening to uh conspiracy dad and until next time um we need a sign off we need something like until next time i don't know well maybe that's our homework assignment for this week or do you want to try and knock one out now i was hoping something would come to you until oh. next time until next time uh keep your Tin foil hats on. Oh, I don't man. know. It's not a good one. Wonderful. Till next <laughs> Feels time. Feels like McGowan's probably got something good. Yeah. <laughs>
That'll be the assignment between next. Yeah. We're going to find a good McGowan. We're going to sign off. Yeah. All right. See ya.